Hang on, hang on, hang on. Ooh, nothing like live, Keith Karchmar. <laughs> Ned, it is good to be with you, my friend. By the way, I, I, I legitimately, I get a little nervous. I get a little excited. But, like, you're such a good human for just saying, yeah, we'll go live. We'll just go live. Let's do it. I mean, old friends, good times. Uh, let's just rock it like we used to back in the day. Dude, I literally, I love you. I appreciate you. You've been so kind on social media. We have not, for everybody out there, before we dive in, we have not literally spoken. It's got to be 10 plus years. Make oh, more. Probably it's it's got to be since I graduated college. It's got to be at least since 2000. Um, will you introduce yourself to the people out there before we dive into the goods? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll play anything. What do you want me to say? I'll say. So, uh, so give a little bit, just like the 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 one hundred and one. Because again, I think the the goal of this, and I I I haven't done a, a lot of um, just interviews with with people, but one one thing that I want to continue to add is I want to highlight a just positive people out there, but also just companies doing good. Like I I love companies with soul. Like I want to build a platform to promote good. And so, yes, I love to have fun and share tools and tips and strategies and songs and all that stuff. But I also, I want to, you know, like, you know, like Oprah's favorite things. Yes. Like yes. I basically like, I want to, I want, I want, I want to just highlight people who are doing good and then promote that to help build your business. Like I just, I just want people to know about good, trusted businesses. Like that's definitely a bucket of mine. Like if I if I stay right. at a great hotel or if I eat a great candy bar, or if I do so, like the first thing I want to do is I want to share it. And so when you reached out, I was like, okay, cool. Let's like let's like chop it up. We'll talk. But I also want to hear about your business, how you're handling your business, advice for people. Like the goal of this is when somebody watches this, they're like, oh, okay, he's a good dude. I trust him. I'm reach out to him. Like maybe I need X, Y, Z. Like maybe maybe by the way, maybe that's one person. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But like, it'll help. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So uh, let's backtrack. So uh, we met a long time ago Ooh. back at Indiana. We were when I had a lot more hair. Okay, you still got mine's your, gone. No, I know I'm gone. I lost <laughs> mine a long time ago. You wear it well. Yes, but um, so uh, I graduated from IU in 2000. Uh, I lived in the big city of Manhattan for two years. Uh, worked at the incredible Madison Square Garden in advertising sales. Uh, it was an awesome experience, not just from the, um, how do I say this, the benefits that came along with working at the Garden, going to the World Series, meeting athletes and so forth. Um, but it really uh, put me into the forefront of the real world very quickly and uh, worked for, for some really tough people that taught me some really good life lessons that I still implement today um, and really worked for uh, people that really demanded the best every single day. And and I really learned a lot from that. Uh, pretty humbling experience, but one that um, I will always uh, cherish and remember. Uh, I still keep in touch with um, the fir my first boss who actually hired me, uh, you know, back when I was a senior in college in, in 2000. Um, and it was actually kind of a funny story when he interviewed me and we could talk about that later. But, um, so I, so I lived in New York for two years, came back to Chicago. By the way, just, just, and I apologize, but in that, in that section of time, yeah. if, if you remember, not to put you on the spot, but to put you on the spot, like if, if you remember like living in New York, right out of college, working at such a cool, iconic place, do you remember any sort of 
lessons? Like what was like chapter one when you look back, you're like, like when I look back on my first job sure. at, at, at CAA right out of college, like I, that, if I just had to button that up, I'd be like, that taught me just voracious work ethic and client service, like how to service a client like head to toe, period, period. When you look at that first section of your career, living in New York, hustling, working at the garden, what was the what was the the lesson if you had to just wrap it up? It, in a very short sentence, it was there is absolutely zero substitute for hard work and and long hours. And really the mantra of whatever it takes. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the quick, I'll give you the very long story very quickly. Uh, I came into the garden, you know, pretty a cocky kid out of college, you know, and thought, you know, here I am living the dream, living in the garden, uh, excuse me, not living in New York, working at the garden. Um, and I worked for a really tough boss. Um, she, she pushed me hard and we just collided. And I got to the point because I was only a 22 year old punk where I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, you know, work at 50%. You know, she's not going to get my 100%. Well, long story short, I got push, uh, pushed to the brink of uh, a 30-day warning saying, if you don't shape up, you're getting out. And I was devastated because the garden was my dream job. And I realized that the amount of work that I had to complete was no longer a nine-to-five job. I had to get in early. I had to stay late get there on weekends and do whatever it took to survive. And I kind of had, a, I remember walking down 7th Avenue thinking to myself, I have 30 days to get my act together. How am I going to do this? And I, I leaned on some people that I trusted and admired and asked for some advice and counsel. Um, and one person in particular said, Keith, you know, college is over, pal. You know, playtime is over. This is the real world. This is the garden. This is New York. You know, get your act together. And very next morning, I couldn't sleep that night because I was so worried. Very next morning, it was like 3.30 in the morning, whatever. And I'm like, I'm just going in the office. And so I got, got up, got dressed. I was sitting at my desk. I'll never forget it. 4.30 in the morning with a pile of stack of, of work to do. And I blew through it. And so by the time everybody came in at 8, 8 o'clock, 8.30, I was done with a lot of my assignments. And then the the light bulb went off and said, hey, this is what I have to do. And uh, long story short, the, the person that put me on um, probation, actually, she resigned. And then her boss, uh, the vice president at the time, 10 months later said, Keith, no one ever here thought you were going to make this 180 degree turn. You know, real proud of you. You figured it out. Um, and when I left the garden, uh, tears were flowing. Uh, it was a very emotional goodbye for me. Um, I was excited to come back home to Chicago, but man, the, the, there is no substitute for hard work. I do whatever it takes to succeed um, and really just keep your head down and stay focused because that wasn't the only time in my life thus far where I've had a lot of trials and tribulations. Um, however, I can lean on that experience to get me through other tough experiences. Why did you leave? I just wanted to come home to Chicago quite frankly. Um, and I, I, I liked New York. I love New York. Um, but um, my brother had just gotten married. I knew he was going to be having kids. Um, I wanted to be around my family. A lot of my close friends were still in Chicago. Um, and if I could have picked up the garden 
and moved it to Chicago, I probably never would have left Madison Square Garden because I loved it so much. And I loved the people there. Um, and I still do. One person, this gentleman, Scott, uh, who interviewed me, um, I still keep in touch with. He was all, he was like a big brother to me out there. He was a great boss, um, learned a lot from him. And, uh, you know, it, we, we laugh about it now when him and I text that he, he was younger than I am now when he interviewed me. So, you know, wow. time has passed. So, but uh, yeah, it was, so I came back to Chicago. Yeah. And then fill, it, fill in the gap until now. Hmm. So again, I, so I, I was in advertising sales, came home to Chicago. I worked for another company called Clear Channel Radio in advertising sales. Um, and I started realizing I wanted to do more with my life than just, you know, selling advertising and so forth. Not to demean that profession is a great profession. It's changed dramatically over the years. Um, but, you know, I came from a family of professionals. You know, my father's an attorney. My I had an uncle who was an orthopedic surgeon. My other uncle was a grew a massive uh, garment business. And uh, I had a friend of mine who said, Keith, you know, you should try out this life insurance business. And I said to him, Rob, I will never sell life insurance. And 18 years later, I had my own life insurance business. So, um, and I really wanted to get into the service business. Um, and really, I came into the business uh, April 1st of 2005 was my official day. Uh, I started at a company called AXA Equitable, a uh, great company. And long story short there is I wanted to be this big financial advisor, you know, help people with assets under management and, and setting up and setting up financial plans and retirement and college savings and life insurance and all, you know, all sorts of um, neat uh, you know, stuff that I can really help people. And uh, one afternoon in July of 2005, uh, a gentleman, uh, his name was Terry, he did a huge presentation on life insurance and estate and tax planning. And he was a big head honcho, uh, ran a big division at AXA uh, at the time. And after I heard his presentation, I said, you know, I want to learn more about that. And I was 27, I think at the time. No, even younger. I was, uh, maybe 25. And I went into his office and I just walked in. I said, you know, I loved your presentation. Um, I'd like to learn more about, you know, this life insurance business as I couple it with my financial advising business. And we started into a conversation and he said to me, Keith, I'll mentor you, but you need to specialize purely in life insurance and estate and tax planning. And I looked at him, I said, Terry, I'm 25 years old. I, I need to make a living. So his response was, well, I've been doing this 35 years. It's all I've done. I've, I've, I've made a living. So I said, all right, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And I was very fortunate to be mentored by him. He was the best in the business. Uh, great mentor. Taught me a lot of life lessons, business lessons, people lessons. And fast forward, I was at AXA for five and a half years. I went over to Penn Mutual, a life insurance company, for two and a half years in a management role. Uh, and then after two and a half years at Penn Mutual, I started seeing the industry change, and I didn't really want to be tied to one insurance carrier anymore. I realized products in the insurance companies were commodities, but I loved what they what they uh, offered people. And it was that time where I decided, you know what, I'm going to hang my own shingle, and I'm going to grow my own business. And that's what I've been working on since November of 2012. I love that. I, you know, one thing I, I want to talk about this because this is something that I actually, um, it's a, str a struggle for me. Um, 
But and remind me the gentleman's name that was your mentor. What was his name? Terry. Terry. So yeah. um he said to you, like, you have to like focus in on this and and basically become an expert. Do do you feel like that? I, I feel like our, our generation, not even just our generation, but just people now. Um, it was just, it was so interesting. I ran into a, um, a, a doctor and he was telling me this and this, and then he was like, oh, and I also do real estate. It was just like so interesting. And I, just, I said to my wife, I was like, gosh, like we are living in such a time of like our, our generation is nothing but like genuine. And I love this. It's like, it's, it's like side hustle. Like, like it's so, it's so interesting, but I feel like this is, this is one of my biggest challenges is that, and, I, and hopefully this can bring value to a lot of people out there who want to do a lot of things. Do you credit your success as you grow to focus, like just really drilling in, like I'm going to become amazing at at this, you know? And it's like I, I think it, what like my the and maybe and again this is almost like a therapy session, but but <laughs> the question that I that I I I truly don't like to answer, and maybe this is my own issue is when somebody asks me, what do you do? Like me personally, because like, I don't even know where to, I don't even know where to begin. Like, I don't, how do I, well, I love to, I don't, I literally, I don't even know where to be. And well, I do social media for companies. I do brand merch. It's like, I do seven different things. Like, you know what I mean? But maybe that's part of my issue. I, you know, but I want to consider that your issue. Now you have a gift. Okay. I've been watching your shows for a long time um, and they are truly inspirational. Um, I think you, I, Back in college, I thought you were hilarious. Okay, you were one of the funniest guys I knew. Watching your videos, I think, are hysterical. One of the best videos that you broadcasted when when your son Bennett was born, and you, the camera comes on and you're holding him, like, and he's about a week old. And I just found that just to be a very genuine, loving, uh, caring moment of, hey, you know, you're showing the world your new baby son. And that is just, you, you don't see that a lot. You know, I think a lot of people these days, in my opinion, are really scared to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I think social media in some ways can be great. But however, I think in some ways it could be a lot of people's downfall. And I've act, I re actually read an article not too long ago that a lot of people, the people that post on social media all the time with family pictures and pictures and pictures and pictures, it's almost as if they're, uh, I guess you could say, hiding what's going on in their real world. 100. And and that's okay, you know, if that's what gets them through their, you know, their times and, and maybe their tough times. But what you do is just so unique. Um, you have a you have the gift of the gab. You can talk. You can make people laugh. You can motivate people. Not everybody can do that. And so. You know, when I tune in and I see that you've recorded a new live session, even if it's 30 seconds or 45 seconds, I'm always watching it because you always have something positive to give. And I think we live in a world now where you turn left, it's negative. You turn right, it's negative. And there's so it, it's just a harsh world now where there's so many disagreements. You know, you can't talk about anything at the kitchen table, anything about th anything at, during Thanksgiving, because people just get so hot and 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 heated over these topics. And it's unfortunate. Uh, 20 years ago, when you and I were in college, you may have had a, a very difference of opinion, but I've always, I would have respected your opinion and listened to your opinion. And I still would to this day, because that's who I am. But the majority of our population, I just think are just 
negative and they just have and, and the news and, and so forth. It, a lot of it comes out with negativity. I mean, you talk about I, I watched the news last night. The headline was a shooting in Chicago. Then you had the um, George Floyd case. And then you had Johnson and Johnson screwing up their vaccine. Now, top three stories. Not, there was not one positive story that came out of that. And, you know, we're just surrounded with this. So when we have somebody like you who comes on live or and you are just positive and telling people to live your best life and having a positive attitude and all that stuff, it's so refreshing. And that's why I tune into your show all the time. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And that, that's ultimately like, and I truly, it's, it's helpful feedback because, again, like I, there's not a lot of feedback and sometimes you're like, is this, is this working? But I, what I, what I know, and this, and I, and I hope this can bring value to people. This is, this is such the punchline. Like, I love how it makes me feel when I'm doing it. And I used to be, and this is something I have to remind myself every day. It's like social media and it's, it's almost not even almost it's built to, it's a, it's a spectacular tool, but it's also very addicting. Yes. You know, and it's like, you know, you want to check that red heart. And it's, by the way, it's not red by mistake. It's very, it's very um, intentional. And so you become like a dig. Well, th that video only got 68 views and that one got 2000. Like you, it's enough to like make your head explode. And what sure. I constantly remind myself is like, well, like what if one person is depressed and like he or she just like needed to understand like why they should schedule their days or why they should work on their passion or how to think more in, in a state of gratitude. Like I, I, I want to be doing this forever, like for the next 50 plus years. Like, so what I try to remind myself is like one by one, by one, by one, by one, by one, by one. And if you send me a text and you're like, yo, that really helped me. Like, that's what I, I constantly remind myself as I'm like, Ugh, dude, I don't need to check the notifications. It's like, chill out, like focus on the next one. And maybe it's almost just like, let it fly. My intentions are just to help and then keep it moving. But man, it's like between, you know, the, the news and social media, you really have to, you like now more than ever, like work on your mind. Yes. Like, le le legit. W what do you do? Are there, are there practices? Cause I am like, I'm like so hot on this. Like you have to literally, even if it's 10 minutes a day, you got to listen to a great podcast. You got to watch a good video. You got to read 10 pages of a book. Like you got to fill your cup up because it's like, it's like a barrage of insanity coming at you every day. And yes, you have to be uh, mindful of what's going on in the news. Cause it's, it's just like, it were, it, it's a gnarly, gnarly time. Um, but you also have to protect your mind so that you can go out and be a good human. What, what, what do you do to keep yeah. that headspace? Are there practices that you like genuinely do or like, how do you stay in it? Yeah, all the time. So um, I, I think more than ever. So, you know, when my son was born in 2008 and then I, and then I had my daughter who was born in 2012, you know, it was full parenting, one, you know, full parenting. It still is, you know, my kids are just older now. Um, and what I started realizing was, you know, it was really work, parenting, work, parenting, you know, and obviously being a husband as well. And, um, and it was great and it still is great. However, as my kids have gotten older, I've realized that I could have more time to myself, that I could have more time to take care of Keith, not only in a, in a way, uh, in the ways of business, but personally as well. So back in the day in high school and even in college, I played tennis and I loved the game. And in, I guess like in the fall of actually probably 
the winter of 2019, like January, February, 2019, I started playing tennis again. And that has been extremely therapeutic uh, for a lot of reasons. One, I've met great people. Two, it, it shows me I still love the game. Three, I get to play in leagues, which brings out the competitive side in me. Um, and it's just for two hours that I play, the phone's not ringing. The emails aren't coming in. No one's bothering me. No one can get a hold of me. My wife knows where I am in case there's an emergency. But other than that, it's, it's really just very therapeutic. And when I step onto the court, you know, my phone is in the locker, in, in the locker room. So nothing's ringing. Nothing's bothering me. And, and I'm playing with great people. So I, I do that about three times a week um, when I'm home. Um, you know, I, I, I try to spend at least an hour uh, or hour and a half with my son and daughter. Maybe we're watching a TV show that they like. Uh, my, my son is really into the Survivor. We've been watching reruns of Survivor like for the past three months. I think I've watched more Survivor than I have in the past 20 years. And it's been wow. But he, he's, he's into it. So we've been watching seasons and, and that's been really therapeutic for me. And, and my, my daughter got into that old TV show, Saved by the Bell, back oh, in the late 80s, late 80s early 90s that I love. And I know every episode and she's into it now. So it, it's really a lot of fun. Um, but I think more than anything, after Friday, Friday afternoon, when I'm done with work, I check out. You know, I still check emails Saturday and Sunday, see if any emergencies are coming in. But I really flip a switch. And we're lucky enough to live in a great neighborhood where my neighbors are, are some, some of my closest friends and our kids are friends. So there's about four families that we hang out a lot during the weekends, during the summer, even during the winter. And um, we really just check out, hang out and just kind of, you know, you know, let down our hair. Well, I don't let down my hair, but you know, <laughs> and, and I just kind of let down my guard and kind of just relax. Yeah. So I think it's really important uh, to do that. And, and by the way, being intentional and scheduling those things, like I'm so militant, like, like Tim Ferriss has a great podcast. He's like, if it's not on your schedule, it's not real. And like what people, what I, what I'm trying, one of the things I'm trying to get people to do is like, you have to own your time. You have like every Friday I take, and it's literally it's on my calendar today. I allocate 60 minutes to do my schedule for next week. I look at it digitally. I write it out for the next day, but you have to literally, you have to schedule time for working out. You have to schedule time for your important work meetings. You have to schedule family time. And I think we get it twisted a lot, myself included, where we're like 90% work. And then we just like fit in the other things, but those other things are so important. Like you have to, and listen, it's a constant balance and parents. And I mean, it's, I get it. It's, it's gnarly, but man, like scheduling playing tennis three times a week, it's going to make you a better father, a better husband, a better, you know, a better executive at work. You gotta, you gotta fight for that time. It's gotta be on your calendar. It has to be on your calendar. It has to be on your calendar. I mean, Saturday mornings, I get so excited because I take my son to karate, which he loves. And then I go over to the tennis court. I play for two hours. And at noontime, you know, I have the rest of the weekend because I play tennis from 10 to 12. And it's just fun. And uh, and then Saturdays are kind of just, you know, we'll see. You know, maybe I have to take my daughter to ice skating because she's really in ice skating. But, you know, I love like I'll go to I'll go to my daughter's ice skating practice and and I'll be the only dad there. And it'll be it'll be all moms. You love know, it. I but I love it. You know, love I love it. watching your skate. I love seeing her happy. Love it. Um, and I just think that's important. And the great thing about being at the ice rink is there's no cell service because we're where we're at. So the phone can't ring there either. So I am totally 
100% focused on her uh, and it's really enjoyable. But to your point, you know, it's we're living in such a crazy time. Um, we're just everything's moving so fast that I think people just kind of need to just slow down and, and kind of start prioritizing. All right. What's important? And, you know, is it is it really that important that this gets done today? If it's not, well, let's, then focus on it. Don't stress over it. You know, you know, there was there was a um, I don't know if it was Tony Robbins or, or, or someone else I was listening to, but this difference of stress versus pressure. Right. Mm. And or maybe it was Rick Pitino. I can't remember who mentioned it, but stress. OK, is really related to the lack of preparation, because if you think about it, if I was to go into a meeting and I didn't prepare uh, for any meeting, OK, or I didn't prepare for a tennis match, OK, I'd be really stressed out because I didn't practice. OK, I'm not really sure I know what I'm going to talk about. or I'm not really sure I know how I'm going to play. Uh, and and I'm not really sure how it's going to be received by my competitor or by my potential client. However, pressure is a situation you want to be in, right? You take like Michael Jordan, for example. The guy practiced the last second shot 10,000 times. So when there was three seconds left on the clock, okay, he was pretty confident he was going to make it because he practiced it over and over and over. Yes, that was pressure, but that's a good situation to be in. So when I prepare for a client meeting, you know, people ask me, you know, you're preparing for the client meeting that's in 10 days? Yes. Love it. Because, because when the meeting comes, yep, love I'll it. feel the pressure, but love I love it. it. Right. Because I'm just I'm just ready to go. It's reps. I love I love that. There's a great book called The Compound Effect by Darren mm -hmm. Hardy. Small behaviors practice consistently produce massive results. So like I'm so with you, like I, the earlier I can know something's happening, I, like and everybody just wa like wants to just go and perform at the meeting at the whatever, like you want to deliver it. But the magic's in the reps. It's in. Sure. The, can you do 30 to 60 minutes for 10, 15, 20, 20 times, you know, whatever it is, a hundred times, hundreds of times, so that when you get there, you're you're flying. I I love that. I love that. I love that. Then it's just you're comfortable. Yes. You're comfortable. You yes. know? Absolutely. I love that. It, um, it, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 please, please, please. No, I was just gonna say there was something else is is um I just think that um it, it's all in the mind, like you said, and you know. When I Monday through Friday, you know, I'm cranking through work, you know, every, everybody's cranking through work and so forth. But I will tell you, and I'm not just saying this, there are times where I'm like, all right, I need a break. And I'll step away from the work for 15 minutes. Maybe I'll go for a drive and get my car washed or I'll, I'll go for a walk because I my office is near like restaurants or whatever, um, grocery stores to get lunch. But sometimes I'll turn into Facebook or tune into Facebook and I'll see one of your shows. And I'll watch that for 15 minutes. Uh, sometimes I'll go to Tony Robbins and I'll see that for 15 minutes. I'll turn on a TED Talk. Uh, and that's stuff that's really important for people to do because, you know, and where you do it. You know, I won't sit in, in my office and watch one of your shows for 15 minutes because it's okay. in the office. I want to go outside away from the office where the office phone's not ringing or email's not coming in. And I can sit on my phone and watch one of your shows and so forth. And it's kind of like a nice little mental break to kind of Beautiful. just break up the day. And I think that's important as well. But I think that's why, again, I'm so drawn to your approach to business and life because of your positivity, but you're doing the work. You're doing the work. It's like, and again, we all are living in such a busy time. It's not two hours of work, but can you stay consistent with 10 or 15 minutes a day where 
It's like if you're if you're not being intentional about what you're consuming, I think that's the headline. If you're not being intentional about what you're consuming, you're going to get in trouble. Like oh, by the way, or, or you just won't be as happy and energetic and optimistic. Like I I genuinely believe in somebody and I just posted about this yesterday. Somebody's like, "Well, how are you so like happy and energetic all the time?" And yes, I think some of it is is DNA, but I also work on it. Like I I do the work. Sure. I go to sleep like, and again, obviously newborns, but like I'm intentional about my sleep. I eat healthy. I exercise. I do my schedule. I work on my passion. You know, I, I, I try to practice gratitude. I meditate. Like I do, I do the work, you know? Um, and so I think, and it's not, it's not like there's not two hours of everything. It's just little bits of consistency. And that, that is literally what my, I'm on a mission to just like, share any which way, live events, coaching, social media, like what, however I can land this stuff. Um, that's, that's what I want to do because I want, I want to get people in a position where they are happy. Like, I think that's what it comes down to. Like, you know, I try to really put my finger on it and it's like, I just want people to be happy. I just want them to thrive. I want them to work on things they love. I want them to feel good. I want them to be optimistic, but we got to do the work, you know? No. And it's so true. And, and, you know, I'll share something with you and, and you have it already, but um, back in high school, I had a phenomenal math teacher and she, and she actually became my tutor um, and uh, for she actually tutored me to get me through M119. And I, I actually flew back home the week of finals so she could teach me the entire calculus course. I'll tell you that story in a minute. But she had the best acronym, which is very simple, PMA, positive mental attitude. And um, it, it, it just really rang with me so much so that uh, back in 2014, uh, I went to get my master's degree in tax. OK, and I already had a really uh, good background in estate planning because of my mentor. And he taught me a lot. But my I, I'm such a curious guy and I have an intellectual curiosity and I want to learn more. Um, and I really wanted to elevate my career and my business uh, that I really wanted to get a real broad um, spectrum of, of tax and how I can help my client from a tax perspective, because that's a lot of what I do as well. So when I went to go interview uh, to get accepted to the University of Illinois uh, Masters of Tax program uh, in their school of business, the director of the program, who was an absolute sweetheart, she was dead honest with me. She's like, Keith, we've never had anybody like you in the program. I'm worried you're going to get swallowed up, you know, because we're going to have accountants in here, lawyers in here. You know, you don't, you're coming with no accounting background. You don't have your CPA. You're not a JD. You know, why should I let you in? And I told her, I said, Norma, you will not find a harder worker than me in this class. I will get that degree. Okay. I will work hard and I'll get it. And I, I can keep up with these people. And um, long story short, I got the degree, um, but I remember taking a class called partnerships, partnerships taxation, and it was a very, very hard final exam. And I was nervous for it. I prepared for it, but I was still nervous. And right on the top of my exam, I wrote PMA, positive mental attitude. And as it turned out, I did quite well on the exam, quite well in the class, quite well in the program. I was a speaker at graduation. Um, and but it all came back to 1992 through 1996 when Mrs. Laco told me positive mental attitude. So that was, I was, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. Now I'm 43 now. At the time I was probably like 35, 36. I still implement what I learned in high school. Did you ever tell her that? Mrs. Laco? 
So I'd like to welcome Mrs. Lake. No, do you ever tell, do you, like, have you ever reached out? Because that goes back to what we were talking about. It's like the power of one, whether it's a client you're working with, whether it's somebody like, can we stop worrying about, and I'm talking to myself, can we stop worrying about the millions and just start with the one? Like, look yeah. at the effect she had on you. You're still talking about her 20 years later. Well, it, it's sad, but she, um, so she passed away uh, in 2013 suddenly. Um, actually in 2012, she passed away. And it was really sad because she, she actually had a stroke while she was teaching English. Boy. And uh, when I read that she passed away, I was devastated. But, but the, the truth is, is that we had such a tight relationship. And so, you know, back backtrack to freshman year of IU, okay? Uh, I'm, I'm literally failing M119, okay? And if you don't get a C minus in, in, in M119, you have to retake the class. You get no credit. Even if I got a D, I'd still get no credit for it. And it wasn't for the lack of trying. I just found M119 calculus extremely hard. Didn't even make it. I was at M118, finite math, and finite math. <laughs> yeah. struggled my face off. I had a tutor in, in, in McNutt, uh, the lounge. I was like, I can't do this. I don't know. What it was hard. And, um, and I, and that was my only final cause I was a communications major. So a lot of my finals were like the last day of class, like speeches or whatever I had to give. Um, so I had this idea and you know, this is absolute true story. I called my parents and I said, mom, I said, if I fly home and can I, and if Miss Laco will tutor me, can I come home for the week? Cause my final is on the last day that Friday. So she could tutor me all week. And she's like, if she'll tutor you, come on home. So I called up Miss Laco and I said to her, Mrs. Laco, I'm struggling in calculus. I need to get an A on the final exam to get a C minus in the course. I love this. Okay. And um, she says, okay. I said, if I come home, will you tutor me? She said, not only will I tutor you, I'll take off the entire week of school and I'll tutor you, you know, eight to five, you know, whatever, Saturday through Thursday, whenever you have to go back. And I said, done. And packed my bags. I flew home. And this is honest to God, this is what happened, Ned. I walk into her house. I've got my books. I've got review materials, all that type of stuff for this final. And she could see on my face how nervous I was. And she's like, she goes, like, you want any coffee? I'm like, no, I'm fine. And I said, all right, so here's where I'm really confused. And she said, shut your book. Okay. Here's a blank notebook she gave me. Okay. She goes, I don't care where you're confused. And I don't care where you're not confused. Open your book to page one. And I opened my book to page one. She's like, I'm going to teach you the entire course. Hmm. She, taught, she taught AP calculus in high school. This was like, this was like her wheelhouse. And I said, we're going to go through the whole course in six days. She said, yes. And I am telling you, chapter by chapter, page by page, from Saturday through Thursday, uh, when I had to fly home Thursday night, she taught me the entire course in six days. And it was literally eight to five. And, and she took off the week of school. And I finished, we had like, what, three hours for an exam. I think I was done with the exam in an hour, hour and a half. And I walked up to the professor. His name was Professor Solomon. I even remember the guy's name. And I said to him, here's my exam, Professor Solomon. He goes, you're, you're done pretty quick, Keith. You, you're, I, I think I got this one. And sure enough, uh, I got the A on the exam. And the coolest part about it was, is that Miss Laco said to me, as soon as you find out, I don't care if I'm teaching, you call the math department, you tell them to interrupt me and I'll come get the phone. And I did that. 
And I called her up and the, yeah. and the people are like, sorry, she's teaching. I'm like, no, just tell her it's Keith Karchmar. She told me to call her, go interrupt her class. She wants to talk to me. And she did. She hopped on the phone. I said, I did it. And she's like, well, how many did you get wrong? And I told her one. And uh, it was pretty cool. And, and, and she had such an impact on me. So when I help my son with math and I get him a math tutor, I do his math. I always think about her. She's, yeah, she's, that she's is very so cool. beautiful. I literally like legitimately have tears in my eyes. From <laughs> I don't even know her. That is so beautiful. She, she's had a huge inspiration in my life. Huge. Dude, inspiration. That just speaks to though your character and the kind of people that, that I love and respect. And we need that not only in life, but in, in business. And I so appreciate you sharing that and taking the time. Well, you just, and we probably should have started with this, but just in, in, in one minute, just talk about your work, the kind of clients you're looking for and how we can promote the work that you're doing now. Yeah, I appreciate that. So you're an uh, AP calculus teacher now, which is great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so basically, uh, in, in, uh, I'm, I'm, it's actually a really good time we're chatting because I'm expanding my business. So it's kind of a cool story too, but I started my business. I started my own firm in November of 2012, and it was just me and an assistant. Uh, really for the past eight years. And last year I hired a business coach and basically he said to me, Hey, do you want to stay the best craftsman at what you do? Or do you want to be a CEO and run a company? And I, it was, that was a tough question because I was really good at what I did, but I didn't know anything about being a CEO, really just man, you know, managing all these people and hiring and, and really doing a lot of stuff that, you know, all the hats that a CEO wears and he's like, I'll coach you and I'll teach you how to do that if that's what you want to be. But you got to be willing to put some of the craftsmanship aside and delegate. So all of 2020, I worked with this business coach who's phenomenal. Um, his name is John Morris. And um, he really changed the way I thought. And so everything we planned in 2020, I'm now implementing in 2021. So I, I hired a new associate. I'm hiring a new client relations manager. I'm expanding to another thousand square feet. All as we speak, this is all going to happen within the next three weeks. Beautiful. Uh, right now, the firm is called Karchmar Life Insurance and Legacy Planning. It's going to be rebranded to Karchmar Group, a whole new logo, all new websites, all new marketing materials. Uh, I outsourced all of the payroll, all that type of stuff. So I really have changed the way I thought about business, but really what I do at the heart of it. I specialize purely in life insurance, estate and tax planning. That's what I do. So I help uh, young families with just uh, family protection and God forbid something happens to mom or dad, making sure there's enough funds there to take care of them. Uh, I also handle uh, you know, sophisticated type of insurance plans when it comes to estate planning, uh, where we talk about maybe premium financing and, and we talk about different types of retirement plans that we can set up through life insurance, like a non-qualified deferred comp plan. Um, we do cash balance plans. Uh, we do uh, a lot of uh, what we call LERP plans, life insurance retirement plans. Where we're using cash value life insurance. So um, really what I, that's really what I do. So if people ask me, you know, can you help me with my 401k or can you help me with my investments or can you help me with uh, my, you know, individual health insurance. I can't. That's not what I specialize in. I'm licensed to, but that doesn't mean I specialize in specialize in it. So I'm hiring another life insurance advisor and then uh, with a client relations manager. And now I'm on the hunt to find somebody that specializes in like group benefits, group health insurance to help corporations and, and stuff like that. So we're going to really expand the, uh, the, the offerings we can 
help people with. And just so people, where is the best place for people to get in touch with you? Yeah, you can you can call me at 224-235-4307 or shoot me an email. It's really simple. It's just Keith at Karchmar, K-A-R-C-H-M-A-R.com. And my, yeah, my website's just www.karchmar.com. And will you put that, and we'll throw that in the, in the comments in the post too, that if people want to get in touch with you, but um, so appreciate it. This has been wonderful. You're a good man. And I'm excited to connect and figure out ways that we can combine our worlds too. Cause I, you're the kind of person that I, I want to do more with. So I really appreciate that. Truly. Well, let me just take a minute and say for everybody that's listening, um, you got to listen to Ned more often. Um, I have known Ned for over 20 years. It, we haven't spoken in a while, but it was within an instant I started watching his videos again. You are, you know, if you can't get to a Tony Robbins show, Ned is right there with him. Oh, dude, that's, that's the ultimate uh, compliment you can give me. I appreciate that. That's the that's the master. No, but he's uh, he's great. But you just offer. You're always smiling. I there was a video that you were dancing with Georgia going back and forth. It was just great. And it just made me smile. And uh, I would encourage anybody that needs help, uh, happiness help, uh, whatever help you need, reach out to Ned. Um, I have goosebumps just talking to Ned again. Oh man! Uh, and uh, I'm just telling you, you uh, people should reach out to you because you, you are just oozing with positivity and it's just so much fun to talk to you again. You and, too, brother. I'm I'm excited to to stay to stay connected for real. I really mean it. I, I love what you're doing. I love your approach. I love your just I love it, man. I love yeah. it. Do we could we can't end this without bringing in our friend. I, I need to understand. This is the perhaps the the last but most important question. Yeah. And listen, we all need to get back to the dance floor. It's going to be a minute, but we're going to get there. Yeah. So let me just paint a little picture for you. You're at a you're at a wedding, okay? Um. Oh boy. The, 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 the band and the dance floor are kicking, drinks are flowing, vibes are great. Um, what song comes on that you say to your wife, we need to report to the dance floor? Oh boy. That's a lot. Oh boy. Like the uh, vibe wise or, or your go-to karaoke song. My go-to karaoke is Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. Alexa, play Born to Run. No other way. No other way. On Amazon Music. Let this take it out. Ladies and gentlemen, Keith Karchmar in the building, sharing good vibes and good tips. Reach out to this man. Keith, we need to do part two of this very, very soon. Anytime you want, man. I'm always here for you, buddy. It was great, You're great. Man. You're the best, buddy. Talk to you soon, my man. All right, buddy. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.